Hello, welcome back to the channel. Just first of all, wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who tuned in and listened to my interview last week with Katherine Olson, who the Aftermath Foundation helped escape from the Sea Organization and Scientology in June 2021. It was a great pleasure catching up with Catherine, and I so greatly appreciate everyone who watched that interview and who commented. And um, yes, so here we are for the next segment of Scientology Stories. I will be doing these weekly, and we have a lot of great things planned coming up. Um, a lot of great interviews with ex-Scientologists, um, and, uh, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me who would like to um, update on where they're at now, what they've been able to accomplish with their lives since leaving Scientology. So I'm very, very excited to be bringing you some great content. And again, thank you for listening and for watching. Um, if you haven't already done so, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications button so you get notified when we upload new videos and new content. Also, if you haven't read Mark's book, you can get a copy of that at blownforgood.com. The book is Blown for Good, Behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology. Any copies that are purchased through the website are signed by both Mark and myself. So um, it's a lot of, lot of great information there on what it's like to live and work at the headquarters of Scientology. Mark and I were there for 15 years before we both made escapes and got the heck out of there. So <laughs> um, also, Mark has now populated this content onto numerous different podcast um, platforms. So wherever you get your podcasts, you can um, listen to our um, interviews and episodes there. So we appreciate your support and we're looking forward to bringing you a lot more information and um, interviews regarding Scientology. So for this week, I decided I would do something a little different. Um, so in terms of helping you understand what this is about, um, Mark and I have both been speaking out about Scientology, Mark, since 2006, and I started speaking out about my experiences in 2008. In 2015, we um, filmed an episode of Scientology in the Aftermath with Leah Remini, and that was an incredible experience. Um, that The show, Scientology in the Aftermath, brought the word about Scientology and the dangers of this organization to many, many, many people on a much broader platform than we'd ever participated in. And I received many questions, including, um, how did it take you so long to leave? And my pat response to that question was always, well, I was born into it. Um, but eventually it struck me that that's not really a thorough answer to that question. And so I endeavored to put together a spoken word presentation on what it means to grow up in a cult. And actually, back in 2019, I had auditioned for this to be a TED Talk. Um, I made it into the top 10, and then COVID hit and the world was shut down. So nothing ever came of that. Um, so I thought for something different, I would give you my spoken word presentation on what it's like to grow up in a cult. So 
Again, I appreciate your support. Thanks for listening and watching. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get notified of new content that we will be uploading every week. A lot of great things coming up. But with that said, this is my presentation. Today, I'd like to talk about being born and raised in Scientology and the freedom and liberation I found in breaking away from this cult after 30 years. I think it's safe to say we all know cults are dangerous, but that's a broad statement, one which most people will agree with and then think it has nothing more to do with them. So I think a good starting point is this. What does it mean to grow up in a cult? And rather than define a cult in the normal characteristics, I thought I'd explain them as I learned them as a four-year-old child. One, do as you're told or risk losing your family immediately. Two, don't ever question the group. Three, never say anything bad about the group, ever, under any circumstances. Four, Anyone not in the group should not be trusted, even if they're your family. Five, the world outside the group is a very dangerous place. Six, unconditional love does not exist in the group. Have you stopped to consider this? If you were born into a cult, how would you get out? If you were indoctrinated as a child to believe the only reason anyone ever left is because they were bad, how would you break free? As a child, would you turn your back on all those you love, your friends, your family, anyone you'd ever known inside that world? How would you do that with no link to the outside world? How would you survive? How would you get a job with no education? No high school diploma, no college degree, no friends or family to help you? How would you succeed? Here's another question to consider. What impact does it have on a child to never know unconditional love? To know that love from one's parent is entirely dependent on her cooperation and unbroken adherence to the absolute authority of the group? It's a tough question but it's one essential to any insight into what it means to be a child trapped by virtue of parental choice in the heart of Scientology. It was thanks to Scientology I never knew my father. My mother divorced him when I was two years old because he left Scientology. Shortly after my fourth birthday, my mother renounced any worldly goods and aspirations and joined the militant inner core of Scientology known as the Sea Organization. In a ceremony replete with naval uniforms, she signed her name on a parchment sheet, dedicating herself to the hard-eyed fanatical priesthood and a billion years of service to the Sea Organization. Yep. You heard me right. Service in the Sea Organization requires a billion-year commitment. It's right there in the contract. How would this commitment impact me, a four-year-old child? It meant that I lost my mother completely to Scientology. Immediately upon my arrival at the Sea Organization's UK headquarters, I was submersed into a tumultuous and confusing world that bore absolutely no resemblance to the most basic requirements of a normal and healthy childhood.
I was assigned to the so-called cadet organization, where children are trained for the same billion-year commitment their parents are carrying out. When you ask most people about their childhood and ask them to think of a memorable moment, they'll think of a family vacation, a fun Christmas, perhaps childhood friends, or spending time with their families. Some of my memorable moments? From the age of four, I lived in a girls' dormitory with other Sea Org children, cadets. From that point forth, I was lucky if I saw my mother for two hours once a week. An unforgettable Christmas? I'm six years old. My mother comes to me in tears. Where I was working in the cadet organization, she explained to me she was being sent to Europe for several months to recruit new members into Scientology. I was assigned to a family whose task it became to monitor to me while my mother was gone. Obviously, we did not get to spend Christmas together. There were 40 or so children in the cadet organization. We had no parents. Instead, we were raised by checklists. I was responsible for five other children all around the same age as me. I had to make sure they followed these checklists, made their beds, brushed their teeth, ate their meals, went to school, did the mental, manual labor tasks we were assigned, and most importantly, that they studied Scientology every day. <clears throat> if we didn't get our checklist done, we were punished. When I was seven, I fell out of my bunk bed in the dormitory where I lived. I landed on several planks of wood that had been left lying there. The impact broke my collarbone, cut open my head, and knocked me unconscious. The next day, I went to school anyway, broken arm and all. Needless to say, the teacher noticed my injuries, and shortly thereafter, I found myself with the headmistress being questioned as to what had happened. It did not occur to me until many years later that she saw the signs of abuse. As I was trained to do, even then, I said not one thing about Scientology or my living circumstances. I kept my mouth shut. At age eight, a 40-year-old male staff member tried to lure my friend and I to his office with the intent of foul play. I refused to go. But my friend went along with him, not realizing the danger. The resulting crime was never reported to the police. My experiences were by no means extreme. Physical and verbal abuse and extreme neglect were common experiences for cadets. The dominant emotions of my childhood? Fear and grief. Most of my childhood I remember as a battle, trying to get my mother back. I came to realize it was simply a lost cause. I cannot recite poetry, nursery rhymes, or songs from childhood, but to this day, I can recite off the top of my head essential Scientology directives. Why? Children in the Sea Organization did so-called Chinese school drills every single day, where we were made to chant essential Hubbard dictates in unison until they were indelibly committed to memory. 
Here's one of many examples. A team has a tendency to know what the other team members are doing and thinking and coordinate thereby and therewith, and that is the definition of a team. It is people who cooperate one with another to push forward a common purpose, and they normally get along great. Even if I tried, I doubt I could erase these from my mind. For now, they stay with me as a reminder of the dangers of involving children in cults. While other kids were learning multiplication tables and manners, I was learning Hubbard precepts. It took me 30 years to finally break free from Scientology. Breaking free came in the form of a dramatic escape from an ultra-secure compound surrounded by razor wire in the San Jacinto Valley in California. Despite the turmoil of these years, I'm truly grateful that I've been able to build a new life. My husband and I are celebrating 31 years of marriage this year. We have three children. We are proud of what we have accomplished in the years since we made our escape. It has not been easy. It has taken hard work, willingness to learn, and a commitment to build a life from scratch. Despite what we've lived through, it is my firm belief that our past doesn't define us. What we do in the here and now defines us. If there's one thing I would love to accomplish in my life, it would be to help make it illegal to involve children in cults. For the majority of us, cults are a distant aberration, an oddity that might come up as an infrequent and dramatic news story, but they are real and they follow their own laws and have their own harsh regulatory systems. They violently resist and reject state child protection rulings, as well as education and health oversights. However, for the vast majority of children born into them, cults and the harsh environments they engender are the only reality and way of life that they know. So please, help me spread the word on the dangers of Scientology. Thank you for listening. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week.